I'm Kenna Danielle, and you are listening to Lone Star Community Radio on 104.5 KCZWLP Conroe and 106.1 KZCCLP Conroe and worldwide on IRLoneStar.com. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. This is Rick Schisler, your host for the weekly business hour. I'm a Silver Fox advisor and the founder of OneBestConsult.com. And thank you. Thank you for joining us this morning. We've got a wonderful show laid out for you. Before we get started, I want to uh, give notice to our uh, sponsor. Our sponsor for today's show is OneBestConsult.com. That's the one, one, the number one, BestConsult.com. I encourage you to check out their website because that's where you go to find common sense business advice for small businesses. So if you're a small business owner, it's a wonderful place to connect. I would encourage you to join the business community there of like-minded business people from throughout the United States, even a few overseas. So we exchange information. I'm based there. I'm a mentor advisor for small businesses. I've been doing this for right on 15 years. Uh, Based on my experience as a multi-business, small business owner, I bought or started a number of businesses, built them and sold them. So I try to use that experience along with my formal education to provide what I call common sense business advice. So I encourage you to take the time to visit us at one, that's the number one, bestconsult.com to see how we work with our clients on a remote basis. There's a tab there called remote, click on it, and you can learn more about how we can connect directly with you remotely and help you grow your business where it can be the best it can be for you and your family. I want to remind you, too, that our show is broadcast live on Facebook. So if you're a Facebook user, go to your Facebook page, the Weekly Business Hour page. Click on it, and you'll see where you can click on the live feed so you can watch us as well as listen to us live on Facebook. Also, I want to remind you, if you've got a question or a comment during the show uh, or after the show, uh, just send us an email. You can send my email to onebestconsult at gmail.com. So let me hear from you. I love talking to people through the email, on the phone, any way we can communicate. Uh, Again, after the show's fine. And also, I want to tell you, you got a question about your own business. Uh, I'd be glad to reach out to you and respond to that. This is what I do. I help people improve and grow their businesses to make them better for themselves and their family. At this point, my encouragement to you is sit back, grab your pad and pencil, and get ready to take notes as we talk about everything business right here on the Weekly Business Hour. And we've got a great guest in the studio on a return visit. Uh, We started a new Soup to Nuts series last week. If you tuned in, uh, you would have heard our Soup to Nuts conversation. It all starts with sales. And the person leading that conversation is Mark Miller, uh, known as Mr. Sales in my world. Mark has got a deep, deep background in sales, building sales teams, motivating sales, everything sales. So we're talking about small businesses and how you can build your sales team. And Mark, welcome back to the show. Thanks, Rick. It's good to be back. Well, and I think we're going to be talking about uh, building that sales team today. And I think that's a, a great topic. Uh, keep in mind, if you're listening to the show, sales team, don't don't turn off the radio at this point. We're not talking about a big, big company because the sales team, right, Mark, starts with you as the owner. You're the first person on the sales team typically in every small business. That's exactly right. And at some point, that person has got to decide what do they do next? Do they hire someone? Uh, do they let someone run the business? It's it's a, a good time to get some help in figuring that out, really, which is the best for you and your particular business. But 
I think the biggest mistake people make is they don't plan for that first salesperson, the, the person that's actually going to get paid to go sell for the for the company. And uh, I mean, it, all kinds of bad things happen if that plan isn't done. There's frustration. There's uh, disappointment. There's you know, name it. And it, we want to try to keep that from happening. So. In this brief time we have, I thought maybe we might put together some ideas of, of what to do. And the, the first thing really is um, you got to decide what you can afford. Uh, a lot of businesses make sales plans and hire salespeople for more money than they can afford to pay them. And then they don't. <laughs> and then that ends badly. You know, the salesperson feels bad. The owner is angry. So you got to figure out, first of all, what can you afford and what are you willing to pay? And whatever that is, no matter how much the salesperson sells, you got to be willing to write that check with a smile. And if you can't do that, then we need to refigure it. You know, that's one of the things that always befuddled me, I'll be frank with you, because I've actually had that experience as a business owner and then also with clients where we hire a salesperson and we get it right, we get a good one, mm-hmm. and sales just blow up, they, they, they work. And then all of a sudden we have to write a check for a bonus or commission, however you want to phrase it, and, and you get nervous. And I can't tell you how many times in my career I've interviewed salespeople who have stories about companies, and it could be Fortune 100 companies, that they feel shorted them. And usually it's not a buck or two or a hundred bucks, it's thousands. And I even had, uh, sadly enough, I had a good friend that was in business, and he hit that point with a really good salesman, and he just couldn't bring himself to write that check and entered in. Entered, ended up in a, in a controversy, in a lawsuit, and I just asked him, I said, what are you doing? I mean, this individual brought the meat to the table. He brought your revenue in, and you've made a deal, and, you know, what's going on with people? I, you know, it's just, I, I, they can't see far enough ahead, Rick. It's, you know, it's, it's hard to imagine. They only see today, and um, I just had a conversation. I'm mentoring a young sales guy. It's a funny story, but you know, I said to the owner, look, you have got to pay him. You know, it's, it's like uh, training uh, an animal almost. You've got to have a cookie or a treat. And the, for a salesperson, the check is the treat. And if you withhold that treat, they're not going to behave anymore. So, uh, and he did. And, you know, the young man's blown it up. He's got $850,000 in the pipeline. And I said to the owner, when he closes this, are you still going to be able to sign that check with a smile? He said, you bet I am. So, we did something right in the planning phase right? because, you know, it's a lot of money, right? And, you know, it could be $85,000 on top of what he was already paying. So, uh, good. <laughs> you know, that's all good. Things worked out. But what happens is sometimes in the business there's um, a partner, uh, an HR person, somebody that is making less than that top-performing salesperson and the influence is such, well, I'm doing more than that sales guy is how come he or she gets paid and I don't you know and we got to plan for that ahead of time the whole team's got to be on board if there is a team and that team's got to understand that in order to get the money in so you can have your bonus or whatever it is you got to sell something and you got to pay the person to sell something you know I can share with the listeners today one of my finest moments in my career was a startup company with a partner and we hired that right salesperson eventually and their checks every two weeks were five figures. Yeah. Well, the my partner and I weren't getting anywhere near that ourselves as the owner at that point. We were a startup business, right? right. And But I could smile, and thank goodness my partner 
who was an engineer, and I was concerned about him, like you mentioned, HR. Right. Uh, he got it, and uh, but I would sign those checks and just smile because we became number one eventually in North America in that market due to the grassroots efforts of this individual. Okay. So, yeah, it's it's psychologically you've got to prepare for that if you're the owner that you're, like you asked your client, can you sign the check right. when it comes time? Yeah, and in all fairness, Rick and I aren't disparaging HR people or engineers. You know, it's just... There's, there is someone that may not be happy with writing your check, and you got to take care of it. So let's move on a little bit. Let's figure, sure. we got to figure out um, what do we make on a sale. You would be surprised at the number of companies that you walk into, and I said, well, how much is the sale worth to you? And they go, well, it depends. Oh, gosh, here we go. So it depends on what, <laughs> you know? And you, you really have to know that. You know, it's somehow you have to unitize whatever you're doing, whether it's hours of labor for a consulting firm or a service business or product units or something. You gotta you gotta put some unit around it. You know, we we I think you and I shared in a business where they were teaching swimming lessons and so you had to unitize a lesson hour, right? A, a person lesson hour so that they could figure out how many they can do. And that's that's really um, what one has to do and they have to know how much it's worth so they can determine how much to pay. And you don't want to pay too much. You know, uh, you know sales sales and marketing expenses together should be way less than 15%. You know, somewhere in that 10 to 15% is sort of the comfortable thing. So you don't want to pay too much either. And if you have to pay too much, whatever that is, more than that 10 or 15%, you might want to go back and look and see if a, you know, your pricing structure is right, if you can really afford a salesperson, do you have to market it some way else, on and on and on. But those, those things, you don't want to go broke paying the salesperson. Like in your case, you know, they built the foundation for a successful business, which is great. Right. And I, I, you make some wonderful points there. And this is stuff, again, as Mark said earlier, if you're listening, that you got to plan in advance. Don't don't start and then figure it out later because then you have to wreck it and start over. So wise advice. Yeah, and while we're on that subject, you know, there, there, is, there has been, and, you know, it comes up every now and then, well, we pay our salespeople's salary regardless of what they pay, so they won't pressure you in for the sale. Well, I don't believe that for a second. <laughs> okay, they still have some number of units that they have to sell. So, and a good salesman never pressures anyone anyway. You know, if it's not good for them, for the for the buyer, certainly not good for the salesperson, and it's not good for the company. And you know, a return is a hundred times worse than a missed sale. So, uh, I wouldn't worry about that. And you have to pay salespeople some sort of commission, bonus, call it whatever you want to but you've got to incent them for the work that they do. Yeah, the key is to turn those units. It's what the, the focus is not the money, it's the units. That's exactly right. Right, good yeah. point. Yeah. And, it's, and, and it does come down to dollars per unit, so you're going to know what you can afford to do. Yeah. You, know, it, it, you know, if you have a $500 thing, there's not many sales calls you can make to sell a $500 thing when you think of it. The average sales call now is somewhere around $275. Wow. So... You know, and that's, you know, the, the person's salary, the cost, the overhead, the travel, the insurance, the whatever it is. So um, a lot of people are trying to do sales remotely, you know, over the Internet and such. And that's, that's all good, and it works, and it's fine. But sooner or later, there's got to be some sort of personal contact, I believe. Well, that's interesting, and I appreciate you providing that figure. $275, the cost of making a face-to-face -face sales call. You need to keep that in mind if you're trying to figure this out. Yeah, that's right. Because, um, you know, it, 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 your, 
yours may be less, yours may be more, depending, you know, as soon as you have to, you know, strap yourself into an airplane, it probably goes up from there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, anyway, uh, so you gotta, you got to come up with a process. And how are you going to hire this salesperson? You know, and there's some debate on, uh, you know, do I use a recruiter? Do I, you know, do I not use a recruiter? And that, that really depends on you and your network. Um, you know, it takes a lot of time to go find people. The days of running an ad in the newspaper and people come knocking on your door are way, way gone. So there are so many, you know, websites for hiring, you know, Indeed, you know, whatever. And uh, yes, you can use those. That's all good. But somebody still has to sort through the replies and determine what it is they want. So let's put the beginning before we get there. If you're thinking of hiring salespeople, you got to make your Ben Franklin list. Know what's what you must have. What this person absolutely must have. And it could be a car that runs. It could be a college education. You know, for your engineer friends, a degree in engineering, whatever it is, they just absolutely have to have that. And you can't waver from that list. If they must have it, they must have it. And then there's some nice to haves. Um, maybe they're well spoken. Maybe uh, um, they're willing to travel. Uh, you know, they're unencumbered by family obligations. Whatever it is you want to put on your nice to have fine and then start evaluating people from that list and if you're a growing business you got to always be looking you know um, even in large companies uh, when I was an Emerson guy we had to have our replacement figured out for all of our semi-annual meetings which made it easy when they had um, layoffs you know they knew the next one and I had to have my next three salespeople identified because I had a team of about 15 so I'd have the next three identified so that they were around and so we had a place to start and I think that the goal was there if you know I should leave or got hit by a bus or whatever happened that the person coming in at least had a starting place and you owe that to yourself and your business as well you know you make a great point I'll go back to what you say preparing this list and I often have time with uh, trouble with clients taking time to sit down and put any kind of list together yeah. uh, uh, even business plans and budgets right. but the idea is that this is what I call a job requirements. What do you require or think you require for that job? And it's it's doesn't sound important, but it really, really is because it helps you get the right fit for your business as well as all the other benefits, uh, whether it be the car or the willingness to travel. That's not a job description. That's just a job requirement the way I look at it. That's right. And I think it's a very important, it's small, but very important step. And it has to be something better than, you know, it's a friend of your son or daughter's and you've seen them and they, they seem nice. You know, yeah. That's not enough. Or you're a UH graduate or a UT graduate or whatever it is and they went there and they have a degree and fill in the blank so they must be okay. Not necessarily. Yeah. So. Well, yeah. it's a serious matter. And believe it or not, Mark, we're at our first break already. So, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to visit with Mark Miller, Mr. Sales, a little bit more about building the sales team. We've taken the first couple steps, so we'll move through it in the next section. So please stay with us, and we'll be right back. Remember to download the Lone Star Community Radio app from your Google Play Apple Store. Bring Montgomery County's Community Radio with you anywhere with your smartphone or tablet. If you are in the Conroe area, tune in on FM 104.5, 106.1. If you are on your computer, bookmark IRLoneStar.com as your internet radio station. Lone Star Community Radio broadcasting 24-7 from the heart of downtown Conroe, Texas. 
Did you know that there are over 153 million orphans in the world today? The sad reality is 99% of those kids will likely never be adopted. Core Love is an organization right here in Conroe that takes care of orphan children in Haiti, Honduras, and India. We bring the love of Jesus by providing their six basic needs of clean water, proper food, health care, education, job skills, and a loving home. Visit corelove.org, that's C-O-R-E-L-U-V dot org. Will you help defend the orphan? For those of you who like your partners, your gumbo, and your music salty, well, we're here to help with the music. Julian Shea here, host of Lone Star Country Nights Thursday, your weekly dose of roots and Americana and all the music that makes this part of the country special. We stir in western swing, honky-tonk, zydeco, Texas blues, outlaw country, and put a pinch of red dirt, and then we smoke it over a slow fire. Then listen to the results Thursday nights on Conroe's 104.5 and 106.1 and worldwide at IRLoneStar.com. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to the Weekly Business Hour, and this is Rick Schisler, your host for the show, and we're here having a great conversation, at least I think it's great, with Mark Miller, Mr. Sales, talking about building a sales team. Well, Mark, when we left off, we were talking about that uh, that initial hire and job requirements and so on and so forth. Uh, what's the next step in the hiring process to hire that first, call it, outside salesperson? Well, after you make your list and you find whatever the right number is, two, three, five, whatever you want, more than one, okay, less than 100, that you want to interview and have met your initial screening criteria, make sure you check everything. You know, uh, I can't tell you how many people uh, don't check uh, background references. If they said they went to school, did they really go to school? And, in fact, if they said they had a degree, do they have one? And you need to check all that beforehand because once you got them, it's much harder to get rid of them than it is to screen them, if that makes any sense. So make sure you check everything twice. And if you don't want to do it, have somebody do it for you, whatever, but check everything. And, you know, especially in the salesperson role, I like to use some sort of outside assessment. And there are any number of them. And uh, the psychologist and I have this whole confusion about assessments and are they accurate and are they whatever. And I don't know, but they work. And it gives you an insight into the person. And there are any number of them. Pick one. If you need some advice, you know, send an email, and Rick and I will recommend one or two or three that you can try. But that, the truth is, if the salesman's worth their salt, they should be able to sell themselves, if nothing else, right? So you you got to look past that and try to discover what's really underneath. I think that's one of the most difficult things in interviewing a salesperson. In fact, I did some correspondence with a client last night about that. Uh, an email card, we were exchanging some emails, and the idea that you kind of got to peel that sales layer back, uh, and there's some techniques that are out there, and over the years, people have found that work for them, and I do, I think interviewing a salesman is the most difficult hire, more or less, that a business can make, because you got to peel that layer back, that sales layer, <laughs> to find out if this is the quality individual that'll fit in your business. Yeah, that's right, and they got to be, they absolutely have to be compatible with whatever your business sort of operation is, you know, sort of the culture that you have. Right. And if they're, you know, if they're against the culture, then even if they are good, it's not going to work. Right. So you have to uncover that. Yeah. Very difficult, very challenging, but it can be done. Oh, yeah. And, you know, 
uh, once you do it, I think the first time it gets easier each time. And, you know, sometimes you need some assistance in the first one, either from a recruiter or maybe, um, you know, someone like yourself, a business consultant that can actually take a different view. And, you know, a, a lot of business owners these days belong to a round table or something, and maybe they can get one of their associates to interview the person for them. Um, I do that a lot as a second look, you know, and, and provide people second opinions. And it is what it is. It's an opinion, right? So everybody has one. <laughs> we won't go there. But, you know, it's better to have more than one. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Okay. Um, and uh, there's nothing wrong with acts asking for help. I think a, um, a lot of entrepreneurs, especially, you know, they've started their business, they're going to do it their se- themselves, you know, it's kind of like the two-year-old that has the tantrum, I'm going to do it myself. And um, that's nice, but it may not always be the best decision, just like it isn't for the two-year-old. So it's okay to get some help, get some advice, and please move through the process slowly. You know, um, Even if the first person that walks through the door just wows you, please interview two or three more just to be sure, right? Well, you know, one of the most difficult things I find for the small business owner in this first hire that we're kind of centered in on right now is, is I, I mean, I just absolutely believe uh, through years of experience and training that you need at least two people to interview any job candidate for any job. And I'm a small business guy and well, it's just me. Okay. Who else do I bring in the the lady out front, the, the guy in the back, where do I find somebody? Uh, and there are ways, and one of the defaults I use is kind of a, a last resort is I'll bring a spouse in. Sure. Uh, it's very interesting. Our spouses, uh, whether it's a husband or a wife, they've got a point of view. And I have a couple of clients that consistently have their spouse have a cup of coffee with every prospect. But if possible, and again, if you like you mentioned, if you can hire someone to help you that is, knows what they're doing, then even have the spouse as a third, which is, to me, really getting it right. But the statistics of hiring the right person, when you have two qualified people interview, you go from like 70% somewhere down there, maybe the 60s, up to 90 plus right. if you do a good job. So, you know, I was going to say, I mean, I'm, I think I'm pretty good at this and I still make mistakes, you know, and, you know, somewhere in the 80, 90, because I've helped hire probably thousands of salespeople at this point. And the more you, the more you do with different industries, probably the chances go down, but yeah, you're not going to be hundred percent right. And it, and you know, this is getting a little ahead, but, you know, just while we're here, if you do make the mistake, you know, it's, it's hire slow and fire fast. Okay. If you know you've made the mistake, if it's two weeks into it, you know, or whatever the right period of time, you know, the person has been late nine out of the 10 days or whatever, hasn't turned up for whatever, just, you know, cut your losses and move on. But in order to do that, which is the next point I was going to say, you have to have some pre-planning done. So now, you know, we decided we need a salesperson. We're going to start looking, what in the world are we going to have them do, okay? So at least the first 90 days, if you, if you would take a calendar, a monthly calendar with the, the days, and, you know, day one might be, you know, they meet everybody in the office, fill out their paper, paperwork, you know. Day two meet, might be they go to training on whatever and just have the days lined up so everyone knows what the expectations is. And, and somewhere around day three or four, they're on the phone starting calling prospects. And, you know, what does that mean? How do you divide your prospects up? You know, a lot of small business don't have contact management systems. They, some of them don't even have a list, which is amazing, but they don't. So there may be a list that needs to be made before you start. You know, 
Who have you tried to do business with and, and haven't won it for whatever reason? Who did you used to do business with and you're not now for whatever reason? And who would you like to do business with and you haven't been able to get to them? And kind of divide them up into the prospects and, and have the person make attempts. And you have, to, you have to define the number of attempts you want, whether it's a phone call or walk in. I, I was with a guy that has an office supply business. He has his salespeople walk into 30 businesses a day. I can't even imagine, you know, welcome to 1950. But that's fine. That's the, that's the way he, he, he's doing his business and okay. But my goodness, what a lot of effort because those results, I mean, if you know nothing about the business, you're just walking in and saying, hi, you want whatever. Um, it's something from 0.5 to 2% chance that person's ever going to buy to you. So you got to walk into 200 of those. So that's four days work before you ever get a chance, for goodness sakes. So there's going to be a better way, right? You know, we, especially today with the internet and all those sorts of things. But have a lead generation process and a, and, a, and a process to follow those up and make sure they're detailed for the sales team. Because you, you have to have some expectations that either are met or aren't met. And it can't be, well, you've got to sell something in the first week. You know, you know. <laughs> Great. That was sort of my direction. You know, I, they hired me. They gave me a company car, and the guy said, well, there's the door, Mark. You know, your territory is Alabama, Mississippi, northern Florida, and eastern Tennessee. Good luck. Go sell something. And I went, okay, boss. And then, you know, you walk out the door going, well, how am I going to do that? You know, so it's better to have that laid out ahead of time, right? Yeah, there's no doubt that, that to have that plan. That, and, and, again, as a business owner, you may not have all the answers because you're maybe not the salesman. Uh, and as you and I talked last week, a lot of times the business owner is the salesman, and they really have a background in that, so they would have this figured out. But the idea is I sit down with a salesperson and, and kind of go through what I think, but I'm looking for their input. So that first salesman, we kind of build, if they're the right person, kind of build that sales plan, what it should look like, the CRM, the need, whatever. Uh, you know, Mark, I can't imagine a business that doesn't have a list of <laughs> prospects that, that some way, either manually or preferably today, uh, a CRM or something is keeping track of and knowing where they are. Because you got to develop people. You just don't walk in the door, as you said, and sell something. Yeah, no, you would be surprised, Rick. <laughs> you know, so and they're still all, out there. They're out there, right. <laughs> so all you out there listening and say, well, gosh, that's me. Well, start cleaning it up a little bit, make a list, you know, check it twice. And, and be a lot more one. successful. That's right. No doubt that's about right. it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, don't forget those people that always already are buying from you. Because, you know, my opinion is and unless you're selling caskets, there's always something else that they can buy from you whether it's a service contract, spare parts, the next uh, upgrade, the tune-up, you know, whatever it is, there's going to be something else they can buy from you. Well, there's no doubt. Well, Mark, we're, we're down to another last minute or two. How would you like to close it out today? Well, you know, make sure you have these parameters done. I know, it, you know, it's for the, for the person that is the salesperson, they think it's easier for them to just go do it, but they can't continue to do that. They have to let their hire begin to take over some of the sales process. So, you know, sit on your hands, whatever, and let the person go get their attempts out. Remember to have those uh, goals set out for each day, and you've got to inspect what you expect. So whatever it is, you've got to, you have to be the person that looks at it and, you know, make the inter-time inter course corrections so that if something's going astray, you correct it as soon as you can. Yeah, that's one of the things I think people need to remember. When you hire the first salesperson, you've hired somebody else to manage. So don't think you hire them like Mark's former boss you out the door and say, go sell something, <laughs> that's, right? That's it. Uh, it doesn't work. So uh, what are we going to talk about next week, Mark? Well, next week we're going to uh, talk about just how to sell. Okay, we've got all this down now that, that
that the sort of thing is, okay, now go sell something. And we're going to start to go back to the week one and talk about emotional selling, selling for the real reasons that people buy stuff from you. Well, that's great stuff. In the meantime, if folks want to reach out to you with a question or talk to you about sales, what's the best way for them to do it? They can email me, and this is a tough one. It's mark at markmiller.us. So uh, that's pretty easy to remember. I'm Boy, happy. I don't even have to spell that one, do I? <laughs> no. Well, I, A-R-K, right? <laughs> well I encourage you folks that if you have a question this week or you know want to know something or talk to Mark about anything sales, please reach out to him. Uh, we're going to go to our bottom of the hour break shortly, and when we come back, I'm going to do a recap of our conversation today and talk a little bit about building your sales structures and things I learned from Mark and also from my experience. And then in Did You Know, we're going to talk about teamwork. How does your team measure up? And our one best consult tip of the week, you have a plan for 2019. So how's that going so far? So please stay with us. We'll be right back with you. Lone Star Community Radio is Montgomery County's radio station with talk, music, weather, and traffic for Montgomery County. Have a question or comment about one of our shows? Want to know how to reach a host? Just contact the station at IRLoneStar.com or call in and leave a message at 936-647-3776. Get involved with your community with Lone Star Community Radio. Hey guys, this is Connor. This is Dick. This is Chris. And we're with the Ticket Stub Podcast every Thursday live at noon on 104.5 and 106.1 FM in the Conroe area. Also, anytime at IRLoneStar.com. You go to IRLoneStar.com backslash TTS. You can find all of our social media. And don't forget, we give away two tickets to the Grand Theater on every show. If you like movies and you like complaining or celebrating anything that has to do with the silver screen, Check out the Ticket Stub podcast and join us every Thursday at noon o'clock on Lone Star Community Radio. What can the Better Living for Texans program do for you? You can learn how to increase your consumption of fruits and vegetables, choose foods that are relatively inexpensive and good to eat, make your food dollars last longer, prepare quick, nutritious meals, help your children learn how to eat healthier snacks, and much more. Our program is committed to helping people like you improve your health through providing research-based nutrition education in a friendly, cost-free, and relaxed environment. We are Texas A&M AgriLife Extension, helping Texans make their lives better. Hispanic Chamber Connections with Dr. Carlos Sanchez, president of the Woodlands-Conroe Hispanic Chamber of Commerce, featuring event announcements, member highlights, and more. Tuesdays at 1 p.m., broadcasting from the heart of Conroe, Texas, on IRLoneStar.com and Conroe's FM 104.5, 106.1. You are listening to the Weekly Business Hour, and this is Rick Schisler, your host, and thank you for joining us today. Also want to thank our sponsor again, one, that's the number one, bestconsult.com. That's the place where you can go find common sense business advice. Reach out to us at onebestconsult.com. It's the company I founded. And we connect with businesses all over the United States, providing them with remote uh, conversation, mentoring, advising, helping them build better, stronger business for themselves and their families. Well, I hope you enjoyed, uh, if you were listening to the first half of the show, that you enjoyed uh, Mark Miller's comments about building a sales team and hiring that first salesperson. A lot of basic, good experience wisdom. Uh, I'm not sure that phrase makes sense, but let me tell you, Mark's been there and done it. As you mentioned, he's probably been involved in hiring thousands of salespeople in his career. 
And it obviously, as I said, to me and my experience in owning businesses and working with clients the last 15 years, it's probably the most difficult hire that you can make that first salesperson. And I want to touch on that, uh, do a, a brief recap here of, of what we talked about today about hiring uh, and developing a plan. And I think obviously the first step, uh, we talked about it over and over throughout the segment, is you have to develop a plan of some sort. And I know uh, people sometimes look at me and go, ugh, plan, you know, because I talk about planning all the time. Uh, a lot of my planning, though, is thinking through things. I'm not for building binders on plans, though that fits some people. Uh, if it's a one-page, you got a pen or pencil, if you use the computer, that's fine. But the idea is that you think through, in this case, first, do that job requirements. Uh, sit down and write out what you, not some outside expert per se, uh, not a book you read or a webinar you watched, uh, but take all that information that you have in your head and say, for my company right now, this is what the characteristics of the kind of salesperson I'm looking for. In other words, they need to have a car. If they're going to go out and drive, uh, they need to this, that. I look someone with college uh, degree or a high school degree is fine or two-year college. Just write those requirements out. Job description you can do. Uh, you can go online and find hundreds, if not thousands, of job descriptions for salespeople. Uh, that's more of a document, I think, that you share with your salesperson uh, that says, okay, here's the job. You do this, that. You come in at 8, you leave at 5, uh, work some weekends, whatever. But the idea is that you plan the kind of individual. This is true for any position you hire in a business, in my opinion. Uh, look for the requirements that you are looking for in that kind of individual to come on board with your company. And once you've got that plan, <coughs> excuse me, you've got another plan you need to do, and that's your sales plan. I mean, how are you going to handle sales in your company? How are you going to take the leads? What are you doing with the leads? What do you currently do with leads? I mean, Mark educated me today. He says he runs into a lot of small businesses that really have no system at all. I mean, on one hand, we've got these very sophisticated uh, softwares like salesforce.com uh, that are out there that literally can cost hundreds, if not thousands of dollars, uh, and, and a lot in between down to $5 a month, uh, CRM uh, programs that track your individual contacts with individuals and so on and so forth. But you need to have something, whether it's an Excel spreadsheet or just business cards. Uh, I've seen that done successfully back in the day where the individual had a three by five or a business card on each contact and wrote notes on them and followed up. Because the reality is typically sales not going to be made in what I like to call one touch, one contact. And it takes time. <coughs> Excuse me. You're going to have to do something to develop the prospect. We're not going to get into that today, but you know, the, the idea is that you've got to track people and so on and so forth and put them in what a lot of folks call a sales funnel where you start with a big group and it gets funneled down to a smaller group. And those are the ones that actually buy from you. But again, what I took away from Mark, do some planning. Uh, he emphasized that. I think he's right on target with it. Put all this together before you actually run the ad, contact the recruiter, and so on and so forth. So do that planning. I have worked with clients and those that do that planning and know what they're looking for. They are a lot more successful in finding the right person. We're going to take a short break now. and we come back, I'm going to do my Did You Know segment. Uh, and talk about teamwork. How does your team measure up today? So please stay with us and we'll be right back with you. Have a legal question? Are you a resident of Montgomery County? 
Call 281-645-6344 to talk to a volunteer attorney from the Woodlands Bar Association. We answer the phones on the first Monday of every month at 281-645-6344 from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. to provide general legal information and information about legal resources to Montgomery County residents. Our talk shows and music shows are looking for sponsors. Want to expand your brand awareness? Reach the hyper-local audience in Montgomery County? Lone Star Community Radio sponsorships accomplish this. Want to see our stats and rates? Check out IRLoneStar.com sponsor for more information. Or call in and leave us a message at 936-647-3776. Listen in Mondays at noon to hear Conroe news from local nonprofits, businesses, upcoming events, Conroe Park events, news stories, and information that matters to you with your host, Margie Taylor of Taylorized PR. For more information about being a guest, visit IRLoneStar.com slash Conroe Culture. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to the Weekly Business Hour, and I am Rick Schisler, your host. Where to that segment of the program, did you know, did you know about teamwork? Uh, I want to ask you a question today about your team. How does your team measure up? And by team, I mean you and even just one other person that first hire your small business, you've started up, you've only got one other person, you may have 100, you may have 1,000, but you start building that team when you bring that first person on. And I, my question uh, that I think you have to ask yourself at least once a year, maybe more often. Uh, don't want to talk about it too much. Uh, I've found people that sort of uh, they fixate on it, like we'll fixate on any situation, and obviously that's not a healthy thing. But the question I want to pose to you, do you, do I, have the best people available in each position in my company? And again, it could be just one position. You have one person. It could be 10, 15, 5. It doesn't matter. But I think at least once a year, you need to ask that question, typically around the time you're doing your planning. As you plan for your business in the coming year and you look at where, do your sales projections, you put a budget together, one of those questions is, do I have the right people, the best people available in each position? And by the best, I mean in the labor pool, as I call it, in the community, the area, the region you operate. Uh, and most of the time, the answer is, no, I don't. Always have somebody that is the best employee. Always have someone at the bottom of the list. That's just part of the nature of business. And I'm encouraging you when you do that review, and it's a tough, challenging thing to do, is to focus for a moment on those people at the bottom of the list and ask yourself, is there a way that I could go into the labor pool, as it is today, and find people that would be better suited either to work for this company in general, the culture thing that Mark touched on in the first segment, or have better skills or are more trainable to those skills. And many times, even in a tight labor market like we're experiencing throughout the United States in our current economic growth spurt, is that you can find people. And so my encouragement is one of the small but very important things, when I say small, I mean, really, with a little bit of time, this is not a big investment of time. I prefer to build a system, kind of like a sales system, that keeps me in the marketplace all the time, looking for people. 
And I really want to focus on the people that are not, quote unquote, the best. And again, it's not someone I've got to run out and fire. That's not the definition. It's someone who's not really the best. Again, they're not the best fit for my business, my culture, if you want to call it that. They're not the best skill level or don't have the skills that I really need, or they can be trained. In other words, they may not have the skills coming in because I hired a good fit and I can train the skills. And people have to be amenable to being trained and to learn and want to advance. Some people aren't. So again, my encouragement is do a little bit of thinking, develop a process if you can, but stay out there in the labor pool and look for people. One of the things you do in this process, I believe, is you look at your business structure chart, you know, who reports to who and so on and so forth, and do an honest assessment of how the business in general is working, how things are flowing. Are orders coming in smoothly, being processed and going out? Is customer service responding to the calls? Are we making our widgets at the best, most efficient manner, which may be an equipment issue, it may be a supplier issue, but a lot of times it's an internal issue that we don't have the best people in those positions of making our widgets. But look through the chart, all areas of the company, and look. Take, for an example, you have a vendor, and that vendor consistently delivers late, or they send the wrong thing, or their prices tend to go up and they're not competitive. Would you stay with that vendor? Then my question back to you is, why would you stay with someone who really isn't the best for your position? So I encourage you to go take a look at the structure of your company, make sure that things are flowing well. And I'm not talking about the knee jerk that we all get subject to every day when there's a quote unquote crisis in the company, order didn't get out, something happened, this, that truck broke down. Got to back away from that, right? Got to think about our business a little bit. Look at that structure, see if things are flowing the best they can in your opinion, and you're where you want to be so that your business is in a position to at least sustain itself but hopefully to grow. So the chances are you've got at least one employee. If you have two or more, that probably is not the best. If you have the best, then you got to work to keep those best. And that's uh, a subject for another time. So please consider this. How does your team measure up? Take a look at your team if you haven't done that in a while. And I bet you, I bet you, your business will perform better. We're going to take our final break of the day. And when we come back, I'm going to offer you my one best consult tip of the week entitled, You Have a Plan for 2019. So how is that going so far? Please stay with us and we'll be right back with you. We have the safest food supply in the world. Strict laws and regulations restrict the usage of hormones, antibiotics, and pesticides within our food supply. Production agriculture practices and technologies such as the use of GMOs, which is not any more or less risky than conventional crop production, has allowed American farmers to produce more food on less acres in environmentally sound ways. Find out more online at pathtoplate.tamu.edu. We are Texas A&M AgriLife Extension, helping Texans make lives better. Lone Star Community Radio is Montgomery County's radio station with talk, music, weather, and traffic for Montgomery County. Have a question, comment about one of our shows? Want to know how to reach a host? Just contact the station on IRLoneStar.com or call in and leave a message at 
647-3776. Get involved with your community with Lone Star Community Radio. Hey, Montgomery County and all my listeners. Thank you so very much for checking out Jazzy Vibes with Soul. What? You haven't done so yet? Well, you've got to tune in. Hi, I am the host of Jazzy Vibes with Soul, Miss Cece Holmes, and I invite you to check us out every Friday and Saturday from 7 until 9 p.m., where you will get the best in old-school R&B and, of course, a little smooth jazz to make it jazzy. So tune in. That's right, tune in every Friday and Saturday right here on Conroe's 104.5 and 106.1 FM or worldwide at IRLoneStar.com. You're listening to the Weekly Business Hour, and again, this is Rick Schisler, your host for today's show. I'm the founder of OneBestConsult.com. And I encourage you to visit our website, one, that's the number one, bestconsult.com. Well, we're to the final segment of today's show where I like to offer my one best consult tip of the week. And this week, I'd like to talk about something I've entitled, you have a plan for 2019, so how is it going so far? Well, you know, you read that title or you listen to it and you say, wait a minute, we're three weeks into the new year. Uh, my business plan really hasn't had a chance to mature. Uh, it's too early. Well, I'd like to make several points to you. And the first one is, if you're one of those folks that gets antsy, I mean, they're only three weeks into the year, you built a plan, you have a budget, whatever your planning process is, whatever type of plan, business plan, strategic plan, one-page plan that you keep in the drawer in your desk that you look at occasionally, whatever you define it as, you've got an idea of where you want to go in 2019. Three weeks into the year, let me advise you. Don't get antsy or nervous at this point. And I have had clients who do that. They have that plan. They put a lot of time typically into the plan, and now they want to see it work, right? We want to meet our goals. We want to meet expectations, uh, and we get antsy. Don't do that. Don't get nervous at this point. Obviously, three weeks into the new year, into a 12-month plan, 52 weeks, if you will, is not the time to get nervous and say, gosh, I've made some mistakes. I've got to adjust. I got to do this, da, 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 da. Slow down, let it mature. I do encourage you, though, to have in mind when you're going to review that plan. I think you have to review your plan, and I'll use the word quote unquote formally. That means pick it out and read through it. Take it out of the drawer, get it off your desk, bring it up on the computer, and do formally review it. Now, my encouragement is that you do that at least on a monthly basis. And I said at least. I think it's better that you look at it weekly, particularly if you've developed an action plan to implement the goals, to meet the goals that you put in place for the new year. Review those action plans that you put in to see if the initial steps, if it's that time yet in the year, that have been moved on. And particularly, particularly if you've delegated out the action steps or some of them to those who work with you, make sure they're on target and they are moving forward. Uh, I recommend, again, a weekly review. I encourage you, don't review it every day because that leads to the nervousness and being antsy and being really off focus for making your business work as it should. Don't be inclined to look at it daily unless you're moving through an action plan that has daily steps, and those do exist, particularly if the goals are short-term, 
and you're trying to get somewhere so you can go somewhere else and so on and so forth. Monthly, preferably weekly, take stock of where you are. Third thing I want to do is the reality of business today, particularly today with the media that's available to us, is there's a lot of chaos going on outside your door, if you will. A lot of chaos in the economy, a stock market that bounces up and down, huge swings up or down. There are other things that are happening with the the Federal Reserve and setting interest rates. And all of this is splashed across the news. Uh, It's almost like if somebody sneezes uh, in one of these positions of authority that control the economy or have some impact on it, that we got to read about it. And my encouragement to you is all these things you need to be aware of, but don't let them overtake you and run your business. I mean, the current shutdown at the government, obviously, if you're in a business that's affected by the shutdown, that you sell to the government and so on and so forth, then you have to be concerned. But the reality is that any plan or almost any plan is going to need some kind of a tweak or adjustment as the year goes on. Because very few, if any of us, are uh, enough of a wizard or fortune teller to tell what's going to happen over a 52-week period. So there are times that you need when you review your plan to say, hey, I need to take action. But again, don't do it in a knee-jerk way. Make sure you've got a solid business reason to adjust your plan. Just don't be too hasty. And the next thing is, I think you need to share with your employees your plan in some form or fashion. Uh, And then when you're getting ready to make an adjustment or things change or there's concern out there, that you communicate with them. For example, you've got a shutdown and your business is affected. Talk to your people about that. I mean, don't overdo this, but be willing to talk to them. What you're seeing and what you see is the impact. They may see, well, our orders are down. Our production has been slowed down. Uh, You've had to lay off some people. Be willing to explain and talk to your employees about this on a regular basis. I mean, the reality is if our business is impacted, we have a slowdown, and particularly if we have to have layoffs of people, we want to keep the attitude of our business up the best we can. We want to keep the best people. So we have to present a positive look to our business at all times, and this means you've got to communicate with those that work for you. Lastly, I want to talk about being honest. (coughs) Excuse me. You know, Many times we look in the mirror, if you will, as a business owner, and we talk to ourselves. And I don't mean quite literally, but we drive down the road, we're sitting in our office, uh, we're lying in bed at night, wherever you are, and all of a sudden you're thinking about your business. And well, tomorrow will be a better day, or next week will be better, or next month, even though you have a trend happening, whether it be on revenue, expenses, whether it be a certain employee, it's not going to get better. And we know that. I mean, if you're a seasoned, mature business owner, manager, you know when something's not going to get better, but we keep hoping. I'm not against hope, but what I'm asking you to do is be honest. If something is not what it, that it seems like, if it's in your mind that it's one way, you've got to be honest with yourself. And this can be a challenge for everybody to make an honest assessment. This is for the benefit of not only you, But your family, if you own a business and you have a family you're supporting, it's for the benefit of your employees, your clients, customers, your vendors. 
So when you sit there and think about your business and you're looking at these plans, recognize that there are a lot of people, companies and otherwise, that might be depending on you. And it's very important that you don't look at that as a burden, but it also, I have found it keeps me honest. And the fact that, well, I want, I'm inclined to be that uh, optimist that just never going to see that something isn't going to turn around and I need to adjust my plan. So be honest in your assessment. It's your plan. You need to own that plan. And that's very important. It's your plan. Own it. You wrote it. Be responsible for it and be ready to make the adjustments based on that. Again, there are things we can't foresee. Again, nobody, well, and there may be somebody, I could never say it. There's never an absolute. I, I live by that. But it's hard to project 52 weeks, much less three years, five years, if you do those kind of plans. So be willing to make a serious, well-thought-out adjustment if you have to. Your plan, you own it. You should own it. And in many companies, very successful companies I've seen, where they even get the employees to own the plan because they share it, they communicate, they get the employees vested in it. I think it's a good move. It's a challenge. It may not fit with your culture. It may not work for you. So don't go there. But again, the key is people own the plan. The idea also finally is that as we make these plans, as we do these budgets, time has a way of getting us to making us better at making them. So if you're a startup, you're a young individual, you haven't made a lot of plans or you've been an employee for years, this is your first time out, give it some time. I guarantee you in five years, 10 years, you're in business that long, you're going to be better and better with your projections. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that's the end of our show today. I, again, thank you for joining us. And I encourage you to put on your calendar to be here next week because Mark Miller, Mr. Sales, is going to be back doing the final part of his series, It All Starts With Sales. And you can look for a podcast of today's show on the Weekly Business Hour page at IRLoneStar.com, OneBestConsult.com, and on all the social media sites out there. So I encourage you, if you miss something or you want to share it, go out and take a look at our podcast. Again, thank you for joining us. And to remember to stay in touch with what's happening in Montgomery County right here on Lone Star Community Radio. And until next week, I encourage you to stay engaged and keep your focus on what's important in your business. Thanks. Thanks.